This podcast is brought to you by Learn Prime. Start your journey to becoming a great developer at learn.thoughtbot.com. Hey everybody, this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Build Phase. I don't understand messages. This is it <laughs> it mixes our conversations. Like right. I'm seeing like green bubbles and then the blue bubbles. Hold on. Let me It's fine. I don't I only I only use messages for um iMessage and then I use Adium for instant messages. Mm. Okay. It's probably a wise choice. Messages still gets so confused. It's just so yeah, it's so bad. Just so unbelievably bad. There are times where I'll do something and the left sidebar in the message window with all like the conversations will yeah. just turn into like, it looks like static. Like it looks like when I was 10 years old and I try to watch the Spice Channel and it was like, just like not coming in, you know, that's what it yeah. looks like. Damn it. You made me spill water all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually think that there's some – I think that's a problem with messages, but I, I also get that kind of stuff in TweetBot. Do you use TweetBot? No. No, I don't. I actually took TweetBot off of all of my computers because I would just um, mindlessly open it. Oh, yeah. Like I would close TweetBot and be like, oh, I'm bored. Hey, what's going on <laughs> on Twitter? <laughs> Reopen TweetBot. Like, oh, no, no, I just looked at this. So you want to get into this? Like how do – I don't know. I guess what's the problem that you're trying to solve that led you to this stuff? Well, the problem I was trying to solve was that we had multiple places in this uh, project that I'm working on where we needed to be able to load custom map tiles on an MK map view. And we're targeting six and seven. So we can't use the new API in seven to load custom map tiles. So we have our own loading system that does it. And there were three controllers where we basically had duplicated code doing this. Like it, it would implement the MK map view delegate, implement view for overlay, and then provide the map tiles on demand. And that was just totally unacceptable. So I realized that what I should do is subclass MK map view and make that class its own delegate, the map view delegate. And then just put all of that there. So this class overrides view for overlay and does all the map tile stuff. The problem is, is that in other places on top of those custom map tiles, we still want to put even more overlays yet. So my calling code still needs to be able to implement view for overlay alongside my map view subclass. So my, my original approach was to simply override set delegate on the map view subclass and capture the incoming delegate and just save it like privately. Right. And then I was going to implement every method. And then even the ones that I don't really need to implement, I would just bounce the calls through to that original delegate. And that quickly got out of hand because MK map view has a ton of delegate methods. And I was just getting annoyed, like sitting there typing them in with, you know, response to selector and passing the message down. And I'm thinking the whole time, like, this is stupid, dynamic runtime, like Objective-C must have some sort of utility that I can, that I can use here. And 
I remembered message forwarding. So there's a great article by Mike Ash called Objective-C Message Forwarding. We'll put it in the show notes. And it's a few years old, but basically talks about the difference between calling a method in most languages and passing a message in Objective-C. The difference being that when you pass a, pass a message, you're not directly invoking a method. You're passing a message to the forwarding mechanism, which will find the proper object to invoke this method on using the message and gives you a chance to reroute messages around. It's basically a proxy. It's not an NS proxy subclass, but it effectively functions as such. And it only takes two methods. I just override forwarding target for selector and response to selector. And I already have this in its own repo. I'm going to put this in the show notes too. So basically you initialize it. There's two properties on it, original delegate and interceptor delegate. So in this case, in my map view subclass, I create one of these. I set myself as the interceptor delegate and I override set delegate to capture like any other calling code, like the delegate they're handing me. And I set that as the original delegate. Make sense so far? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, sorry, say that, say that again. So you create a delegate proxy and you hand it the two delegates. Correct. Right. And then you pass the proxy in as the delegate? Right. So this proxy object actually becomes MKMapView's real delegate. So the delegate, so you say you have to tell, you have to declare that the proxy conforms to the delegate protocol? Or does it complain at you? No, 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 no. It does complain. So I just cast it to ID. before setting it as the delegate, which is kind of the cleanest solution because I want to be able to reuse this and I don't want it to be say, say that it conforms to every delegate when it really doesn't. It's just forwarding messages to someone that really does, but it it gives me this chance to like pick the right delegate to send it to. So when you send a message uh, in objective C, it starts going through a few steps and, and I'm basically reading from the Mike Ash article at this point. And the first thing that happens is a lazy method resolution where resolve instance method is sent to the class. And if that method returns yes, then the message send is started assuming that that class is going to be the, the target for this message, that it can handle it and it's going to respond appropriately. If that returns no, it sends forwarding target for selector to find out where this thing should go and the process starts all over again. And then finally, if that doesn't work, it goes to the normal forwarding path where like an invocation is made and it's passed along. Um, the first two steps are tr- to try to short circuit the having to create the invocation because it's fairly expensive. So this uh, forwarding target for selector is exactly what I'm using in the delegate. So selectors come in. I check to see if my interceptor responds to it. And if it does, I return the interceptor. If it doesn't, I check to see if the original responds to it and I send it there. And if not, I just pass it up to super. Right, which will eventually hopefully resolve in like a no method error kind of. Yeah, so in practical terms, this means that like MKMapView is getting ready to send view for overlay. It hits the proxy. The proxy sees that my interceptor, my subclass, responds to view for mm-hmm. overlay. So it gets sent that message first. If it didn't, it would just get passed down to the original delegate and the calling code is none the wiser. The only gotcha here is that if I override or if I implement a delegate method as the interceptor, I do have to eventually send that message down to the original. 
because I've captured it. Right. So in that case, I'm, I'm just doing some class checking, like this overlay thing coming in is, am I interested in this? Like, is this like a map tile overlay model that I need to respond to? If so, yeah, return this. Otherwise I, I send it off to the original delegate. And the last trick here is that you have to override response to selector to return. Yes. If either one of your delegates responds to that method, because MK map view, I'm almost 99% sure is going to go. Do you respond to this selector before I send this message? If, if you don't implement this, the messages will just never get sent. If it's an optional delegate, you know, if it's an, op- if it's an optional method in the delegate protocol, then it should be doing that check. So you have to. And it's, it's the same thing there. Response to selector. It looks just like forwarding target for selector. I check the interceptor, return yes. If it does, otherwise check the original delegate, return yes. And otherwise pass it up to super. And so this has worked really well. And I can see cases where, or you could use this anytime you need to subclass a class that implements a delegate instead of say capturing the delegate like I was going to do and bouncing the messages through or creating or worse, creating a delegate of a delegate to like do your own stuff, right? which is just kind of gross. Yeah, it's cool. I, I like the idea of like composing two delegates into a single delegate. It's a, which is essentially what you're doing, right? You're creating kind of a composite of the two different delegates so that you can customize the behavior. Yeah, exactly. And then just taking advantage of message forwarding and Objective-C. Yeah. So why why did you use a NS... Is there a reason you use NS object instead of NS proxy? Uh, no. I, when, originally when I was doing it, I actually wasn't even thinking about this as a proxy and didn't even think about NS proxy. And that, that would be something to try. Actually just realized that NS proxy is a root object. Did you know that? Yeah. It's weird. (laughs) It like adopts, it it adopts the NS object protocol, but right. Would you have an init method? Um, I don't think it does. No, I don't No, I don't think it does. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm actually, I'm a little embarrassed that I'm super unclear as to when I would actually use an NS proxy subclass. It, it it works as an NS object subclass. It could possibly be moved over. I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel like you could, like in this specific example, like you could just change the root class from an NS object to an NS proxy. Because it literally says NS proxy is an abstract superclass defining an API for objects that act as stand-ins for other objects or for objects that don't exist yet. Sounds a hell of a lot like what you're doing. Yes. Um, typically, a message to a proxy is forwarded to the real object or causes the proxy to load or transform itself into the real object. That sounds kind of like um, that sounds kind of like core data faults. Yeah, actually, where you get kind of this shell of an object yeah. so you know it's it's there it's a placeholder and then when you try to access its properties it actually goes to disk and fulfills the fault yeah this is a great chance for you listeners to email us and give With us some guidance here on it, yeah yeah if you've used ns proxy in a in a project i'd love to see what you used it for yeah i feel like i i ran across it at one point a few months ago and was trying to find a good way to use it but same thing right i was a little unclear on if it's something that should just be treated like ns object like 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 an object subclass you know or if there was some 
special way that I'm supposed to deal with it. I wonder if because can NS proxy subclasses, I mean, can they? Like, I don't see an init method. Right. And I'm very confused. Yeah, I yeah, I'm 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 unclear on on. That's kind of why I asked. Um, I was He's hoping, hoping that I I would actually know something when I'm talking about this. <laughs> well, yeah. you thought wrong. No, no, <laughs> no, because I I do I do wonder if your proxy could just be a proxy sub. I mean, that would be right. like it'd be easy to figure it out, right? Like, change the superclass and then see what happens. <laughs> Um, I'll do that as soon as we're done here. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Just for our own knowledge. Right. Uh, I had another question. The casting to ID thing. So you're, base, you're generally okay with that? Like casting to ID just because you know, like you're, you're essentially having to trick the compiler to a certain extent, right? Because he's like, you know that this object is going to be fine, right? Right. Like, it's it's gonna it's or at least you hope it's gonna be fine, right? You you hope that the two objects that are passed to it are gonna be able to handle the situations. Yeah, I feel like because the this delegate proxy object is under control of my subclass, that there's really no doubt that it's going to work. Like it's going to be there and respond to these messages. It's it's a little messy, but I, I considered it better than than the uh using like the um like the pragma method to just suppress the warnings because those are those are gross if the object was coming from somewhere else i might have been a little more skeptical about just casting it to id but because it's like concretely initialized in a knit and it's just there i thought it was a, a fairly good compromise to make this method work yeah the, the reason i'm asking is because like it's something that i've been thinking about like the compiler is awesome and I think it helps us out a lot of times, but it does make some stuff like this, you know, a, a strongly typed system makes stuff like this harder than like, for example, it would be in Ruby, right? Like in Ruby or not harder, but we have to kind of like, that seems like a loophole that we have to step through. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Ruby, you just create this thing and pass two things to it and whatever. It's all at runtime anyway. So it doesn't care. Yeah, and the the result would be the same, right? Like if it didn't respond to the message in, in Ruby, you're going to get a no method error, and in Objective C, you're going to get the does not recognize selector. It's it, it's just the compiler often saves us, but in this case, it's, I think it's just being a little too zealous. Just like I've, I've I'm already dropping into like using the message forwarding, so it's just like, look, compiler, just take a step back there, buddy. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm a professional. <laughs> I mean, I think this is kind of an interesting pattern beyond just delegate proxies, right? I mean, it's just kind of a, I mean, like you're calling it a delegate proxy, but it seems like it can be used just for object composition, almost like a, like a facade pattern or, um, or like a, uh, the, like the decorator pattern. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Just looking at the implementation, there's nothing about it that says that, oh, this is a delegate proxy. Like the only thing that makes it that in this case is the interface, really, because it has two properties where you set these these delegates on it and then it does the, the routing. But if that interface were to change, then this would no longer be really a delegate proxy. It's just like this little like forwarding helper. 
just like providing a level of indirection so you can like route messages between these two objects. And I've been doing this for four or five years and I've never had the need to do this before. So I'm kind of struggling to think of use cases beyond delegation. Well, I like I had a I had a thing two weeks ago, I feel like, where I needed to I was trying to implement the decorator pattern. So the idea behind the decorator pattern, if you're not familiar, is it's like I have a user, right? I got a user object, and then I want to decorate that user as an admin user, for example. So the way you would do that is you have a admin user class that holds on to a user class and forwards all of the method. Like you can call every user method on it, but you can also call like these additional three admin user methods on it. And the way that works is it just passes through it passes. So if I want to say anything that the admin user isn't, isn't, declaring would get passed through to user but kind of the same thing right so so the admin user class could intercept a subset of messages and return different values for those oh so um so you you have an admin user object you initialize it with a user correct yeah. we come at right. it th- that way right it's not a subclass of user right it's 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 a totally different class and it just has like a user property got it so it's the decorated object being initialized with the original object. the original one that is being decorated right and so by but by wrapping by using a decorator pattern what that would let you do is use polymorphism so that you could pass the admin user class around as if it's a user and most of the time it wouldn't care but you could override specific things so that it behaves differently in different cases. So, like, I mean, it, it, it's a way to get around, like, ask, don't tell. No, tell, don't ask. Why do I always get that shit backwards? I tell, do, too. Ask. I do, too. Tell, don't, tell, don't ask. Um, Wait, isn't it don't ask, don't tell? That's a totally different thing. <laughs> oh. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But so like, but if you use a decorator pattern, you can, you know, you can do tell, don't ask pretty easily because you just say, you don't ever have to ask, is the user an admin? If the user, you know, you don't ever say, if the user is an admin, add, have his title be admin colon name. You just say user name and the admin user will override that to send back the name prefix with admin. Do you get what I'm saying? It's kind of abstract. Yes, I think I'm under... But but in this... And it's probably just because this case is so simple. I, I don't see the advantage over subclassing. Well, because in sub, if it's a subclass, then you have to take a user and then transform that user into an admin user. So then you're doing something like an init, init, with, init with user, but then you're doing like self.name equals user.name, number equals user.phonenumber, as opposed to just holding on to the user object and passing messages through, right? Right. So if you just want to promote a user to an admin user, it's really just about admin user init with user. Bingo. Yeah. Got it. So all that being a way to say, like, this 
kind of message forwarding would be a way to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you could do, you could create a, a you know, a decorator class. You know, you could create an admin user class that does this, or at least you could create an admin proc. I don't know what you would call it. I think you just call it an admin decorator. You just you you would even just it, it doesn't even have to change past this this class. You know, you'd have a you'd have an admin you'd have a user proxy or just like this proxy class, like exactly what you have here, and you would just pass in a a user object and and a admin user object, and if the admin if if the admin user object is there at all, then it'll get the messages that it responds to but if it isn't there it'll still drop down to the user object but the problem is that we lose typecasting you know because then this thing has to be passed around as id everywhere like the benefit to the user pattern in a in a duck type language like ruby the benefit to that pattern is that we just wrap it somewhere at the beginning of the stack, we just wrap a user and an admin user, and then we don't care anymore. It just gets passed through as if it's a user, and nothing cares. Right. But here, we'd have to treat it differently if we were trying to do, like, a decorator pattern. So you're still, you're still saying that this would be a separate object. So admin user is an NS object subclass. User object is an NS object subclass. And this, this proxy is what's tying them together. Right. I see. So, like the reason, the reason that this, what, what I'm saying is that the reason that it's cool for you to pass this around as ID is because you're really just doing it internally, right? You have your subclass, and when it, you're overriding set delegate, right? Yes, I am. So you're overriding set delegate, and instead of setting the delegate with the internal thing, you're creating this thing, mm-hmm. composing the two delegate objects on this, and then setting that as the delegate. Right, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's one step. You're never passing this object around. Exactly. Yeah, I just capture the original delegate, set it on the proxy, and then call superset delegate with the proxy. But I do have to cast to ID. Correct. But so at least that's compartmentalized. Right? Like, anytime you want to use one of these proxy objects, the, the point is that, like, this works really well when you're doing this kind of a thing, right? Like, again, you have a subclass... You're just overriding the proxy, the set delegate method, and composing a proxy object with the two possible delegates, and then passing it up to super. So, like, you're not losing type safety that much. But the second you start using a proxy for any kind of like decorator pattern, like user admin user, then we can't use the user class anymore. We have to use ID everywhere. Do you know what I'm saying? Because the point of the decorator class is, decorator pattern is that the user, it should always just be treated like a user. So like I, anywhere I can use, use it's, it's, I, it's like a subclass, right? Right. And I'm not sure how to get around that. I, I don't understand why we still can't just use user like we would have before we started decorating. We could, but then everywhere, but since admin user is essentially a proxy object and not an instance of user, then we can't pass it. Like, the compiler will complain if we start passing it into, you know, like if 
like going back to the conversation last week, you know, I have a user form manager. It holds on to a user object and then does like set value for key on the user object. Well, I should be able to pass an admin user object into that same class and it should treat it the same way. But if user and admin user are both just NS object subclasses, not admin user isn't a subclass of, N- of, of user, mm-hmm. then I can't just set the user value on the user form manager with an admin user. I'd have to cast it as ID to pass it in. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yep. No, I'm finally with you. What if you pulled their common methods out into a protocol? Thought about that, right? So, like, you'd have a you'd have a user protocol, and then basic user and admin user both conform to the protocol. But then, admin user would just forward all of those messages that it doesn't care about to the composed object, which is similar to how I'm using it here. But then, all my type stuff. Now I'm just kind of nitpicking the <laughs> the way we have to declare passing objects with protocols but like i I, that drives me crazy you know what i mean having like id angle bracket user protocol i like that it makes me feel so powerful (laughs) it's like like i'm important and i don't care who you are i just care that you can do this (laughs) job i don't know your name yeah (laughs) they just told me that you know how to do this that's how i think about it and i love that yeah yeah i think maybe my main problem with that is that it just doesn't feel scalable in what way? Like that I'd have to, anytime I want to create a composite object like that, anytime I want to do like the, a decorator pattern on an object, I'd have to create a protocol for that root object. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like in, in, in this case, it was kind of like, I thought about doing that for a couple minutes, but it didn't make sense to go through all that effort for this one place where I needed to decorate. I don't even remember if it was user. I need to decorate something, but essentially I need to decorate user in one, just one place. It just adds a lot of architecture overhead. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. It's, it's a trade off like anything else, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about protocols and, um, using protocols for model objects that are passed to cells. We, we, I think we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but using, using like a protocol for objects that get passed into cells, table view cells or collection view cells, it doesn't matter. But you know, uh, a common protocol interface for the, any, those objects. So that the cell knows that it takes a, a class that conforms to a protocol that has like, you know, title text, detail text, you know, so that it just takes a model and then it can set itself up on the model. It doesn't matter what it is so that you could pass in two totally different objects that you just want to display in a similar way. I think that's the only time I'd go that far and engineer it up to that point would be when I have two things that are similar that have to fill out this view. I have something like that going on in my current project as well. So there's these two very distinct models, but their detail pages are similar and that they have like a photo scroller at the top with some overlaid text. And so that, that whole view just accepts objects that conform to this protocol that provide detail text, title text, and an array of photos. And that worked out really great. But I probably wouldn't do that for just one object. Right. In that case, I would just 
have setters on the cell that take in strings and don't hold on to them or anything. So not properties, just setters. Yep. You just pass them in, they get set, and then they're gone. Keeps you from trying to do weird stuff like checking the state of your cells to determine what to do in a controller. Yeah. That way leads madness. Are there any times when you need to hook into a delegate method in the interceptor, but then also would need to drop down to the original delegate? You know what I'm saying? Are there, there, are there any times when you need to hit both delegates? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I am actually doing exactly that when it comes to the overlays. So as the subclass, I use view for overlay to load the map tiles. And so it, it really is just like this overlay object coming in, which is really just an object that conforms to MK overlay. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, if, if this thing is my map tile overlay class, which holds all the information and the coordinates and, and like where to actually get the URL or to get the, you know, image for this map tile, then I will return my own code. And if that's not the case, if it's just some overlay that I'm not expecting, then I send it down to the original delegate and ask it to deal with it and return its result for it here. And otherwise I just return nil. So how do you pass, how do you tell the original delegate, how do you get to the original delegate from the interceptor delegate? Ah, so the other thing I did in this subclass is I overrode delegate to always return the original delegate off the proxy. So that even if the calling code were to be like, what's your delegate? It's going to get back the same thing. It doesn't know that I'm doing this trickery behind the scenes. So it's simply, so it, it, it looks like this. Like if I get an overlay class that I don't recognize, I just go self.delegate response to selector, map view, view for overlay, return self.delegate map view, pass the map view, view for overlay, pass the overlay. So you're doing that in the subclass, not the interceptor. Yeah. Yep. It's all in the subclass. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The only thing that proxy cares about is just forwarding messages around. It's pretty cool. If if MK Mapview only had a couple of delegate methods, I probably probably would not have even done this. I would have just overrode them all and trampolined the messages through. Yeah, right. But there's like twenty five <laughs> delegate methods on MK Mapview or something. It's crazy. Seems like a much cleaner way to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. So show notes for this episode can be found at uh, thoughtbot.com slash buildphase slash 13. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at buildphase at thoughtbot.com. Contact us on Twitter or app.net, just at buildphase. Also, leave a rating or review on iTunes. That would help us out a lot. Buildphase is brought to you by ThoughtBot and is recorded, edited, and produced by Mike Manor.